Hi guys, this is Tom Gawker from Something Came From Baltimore, the podcast and the show. I'm asking your help to spread the word about the podcast. Flip the podcast to five friends who may like this kind of show. We are independent and have to be word of mouth to expand the reach of the show. Thank you for being a part of the Be More Music scene. Hi, this is Tom Galker. This is like an addendum to the actual interview. What you're going to hear is an interview with Mike Dorsey. He was a contestant on The Biggest Loser. Did very well. He was able to lose over 100 pounds, but he gained that all back, plus another 100 within three years after his show. And his plight is happy ending at this point where he's working through it and he's developing great habits. And now we're in this pandemic. During that time, we've all had internal thoughts as to what food means to us. So I know that this is normally a music show where we talk about music and I'm all loving that, but I'd like to share this interview with you. It's something special because I also have food issues and who doesn't? And I'd like to share it with you so maybe we can start together in a different frame of mind. Welcome to another episode of Something Came From Baltimore. I'm your host, Tom Gowker. Remember the TV show, The Biggest Loser? I don't know about you, but I was a big fan of this reality show. I go up and down with my weight, and in the last five years, I've been going up, up, up. So I understand their struggles with food, eating in the car, and the emotional baggage that goes with excessive weight. The Biggest Loser was one of my guilty pleasures. And it was a big hit. It's a big money maker. I bought the Bob Harper books and I tried a Jillian video once. The show was a big hit and then it quickly lost its advertising. Doctors were complaining that the diet and the physical exercise were unhealthy and false in their presentation to the public. Previous contestants spoke out about the misrepresentation and the other contestants were shamed in public for gaining the weight back. It got ugly. The show did not go away quickly. It was ripped away like a big Band-Aid, it's gone. But now it's back. The Biggest Loser is back, and at season one started all over again. Is it bigger, better? Well, I'm not sure. We need to find out. Today on the phone, I have Michael Dorsey as our guest of Something Came From Baltimore. You know these people who radiate positivity and good energy. Someone that you are attracted to and you're happy to hang out with. Good karma energy, and that's Mike Dorsey. Mike Dorsey is a businessman, a minister, a motivational speaker, a corporate trainer, and you can hear him on the radio, and you can see him in plays. Mike is on the move, and he always has a smile on his face, and Mike Dorsey is an open book when it comes to his weight struggles. At 34, he was 444 pounds. He made it onto season 14 of The Biggest Loser, and he lost 124 pounds, and like the other contestants, he gained all of it back plus more. Michael Dorsey, welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. What's up, man? How are you? Great to hear your voice again. How are you doing with the corona world? <laughs> man, you know, we're just trying to make it, man. Trying to make it. It's uh, it just coming to reality with the fact that this is becoming the new normal and what does that mean for the future and stuff. And uh, the time being, just trying to be safe and sound and um, just follow everybody's orders and stuff. I have uh, been trying to get a hold of you for a year to do this interview, and then uh, it became more interesting because The Biggest Loser came back. I think it's really brave of you to speak openly about your journey with weight. It's so funny, like as time goes by and I get older, I realize that a lot of this is not about your eating habits as, a, as opposed to 
the poisoning of our food. Uh, you know, there is so many chemicals in our food that we have no control over, mm-hmm. and and that makes us even more hungrier, et cetera. So there's a lot to weight loss, and when you watch that show and you just kind of judge people by what they lost that week, and you 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 felt that they didn't try hard enough, and it's it's a lot. So you've been public for this, and and you're been a motivational speaker, and uh, you have had struggles. What made you think about trying out for The Biggest Loser? Well, at the end of the day, I love reality TV. Like, that's just, uh, everybody asks me that question, and they always expect, like, a real prolific answer. I just love reality TV, and um, that was a show that I it, it fit within what I felt that I could do, and, you know, I was overweight. <laughs> I was like, look, I like reality TV. I'm fat. This this looks like a good a good a good opportunity for me, and so um, I was a fan of the show. Although it wasn't uncommon for me to actually watch the show <laughs> while eating a cheesesteak <laughs> or a bowl of ice cream or something like that. Um, as a matter of fact, um, during times when we were sitting around as cast mates, we were always talking about how just imagine someone's going to be watching us, and they're probably going to have a big bowl of ice cream and a cheesesteak stuff <laughs> or something while they're watching us on TV. So, um, but yeah, it was one of those things I was fascinated with the show. Um, you know, it was, it was something that was within my wheelhouse and I felt that I could be pretty successful at it. So that's why I tried for it. That series, there's always people who they help move the narrative, who are able to do the, the standups and be able to explain to the audience as to what's going on. And, and I think that more than anyone in that uh, cast that year, you were that person that was be able to explain things. Yeah. You picked up on that, huh? Yeah. yeah that was uh, my unofficial uh, role was one of the ones that kind of did all the explanations and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first time you weighed in, you lost 21 pounds, which really is amazing for one week. That's, you know, three pounds a day. That's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. And you said to mm-hmm. Bob, like, I'm not sure if I'm, should be happy or not like i don't know if this is a good thing and uh and mm-hmm. i think bob yeah, i said bob basically said that you should have lost over 30 or more which is embarrassing that's like you know um when mm-hmm. i have to do math now but that's more than three pounds a day <laughs> which is kind of shaming you when you just lost that amount i mean mm-hmm. how like 21 pounds in one week i think mm-hmm. anyone mm-hmm. would have been excited about that how did that feel that first week do you remember yeah, it was um, it was one of those things where you watch the show and you're used to the first week being this huge gargantuan um, number for everybody. And so I had I was the biggest guy on the team. I was the biggest guy on the whole season. And so obviously you expect the biggest guy to have the biggest number. And I don't think I had the biggest number um, of everybody. I think there was one guy that had 28 at least there was somebody that had 23. And so I think it was just one of those things where I was like, man, I should have, you know, beat that person because I was the biggest guy. So I think that's what it was. It was one of those, you're sitting there like, man. And then the whole time you're going in your mind, you're wondering, are you broken? Like, it's one of those things like, it's like, well, this works for everybody else. Is it really going to work for me? And I was, I was actually going, now that I'm thinking about it, I was actually going through that with my mind. Like, man, I hope I'm not broken. Yeah. <laughs> so the silly things that you, you, you think about. And so, yeah, that was, that was what it was. And I mean, looking back on it, you're looking at like, man, 21 pounds, that's pretty remarkable. But 
you know, it's a game show and, you know, you want to, you want to be the one that remains, remains at the top of the pack um, by the end of it, by the time it's all said and done. So, you know, I think a lot of people kind of miss out on that piece of it too. It wasn't just a losing weight. It was the fact that you're trying to compete to win. So the competitive piece of it was there for me. The consensus and doctors have made it very clear that this is not the best way to lose weight. And I think that is why the show went off the air. It wasn't that it wasn't successful. It was that they the, a lot of the sponsors just pulled out. Uh, they didn't want to be attached to it. Now mm-hmm. that you've looked back at it, I mean, your full, your job at that point was just, a, you were a full-time job was losing weight in front of cameras. Now looking back on it, do you feel that mm-hmm. that kind of weight loss it was successful or healthy for you? Yes and no. Um, at the end of the day, you you were t- you were alluding to it a little early in the interview when you were talking about it's one thing I'm paraphrasing here, but the idea of you know you got to get your 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 nutrition in check, but it's also not so much about just about getting it in check, but understanding the pieces of the food that we have and you know you 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 have you hear about processed food and you hear about sugars and all this other stuff but before it even goes into that you have to get your mindset together and um one of the things that if i could do it again you didn't necessarily ask this question but if i could do it again one of the things that i would have made it a point to do is take time to get my mindset together because at the end of the day, I didn't get to being morbidly obese just from eating the wrong foods. Mm-hmm. I got morbidly obese because my mindset took me to those wrong foods when I was going through certain pieces of life. Does that make sense? And Definitely. so at the end of the day, you lose all this weight. Great. And I remember come, I remember losing the weight. I mean, I lost over 138 pounds. 136 pounds on the show, 130 to 136, something like that. And I gained every ounce back. Within three years, I gained it all back, like every single ounce back. And um, and then I even gained an extra 100 pounds. And so, you know, when I started looking at that, started realizing that, man, I <laughs> I go back to, man, I was, I was a little more broken than I thought I was. But what it was was, you know, I was on the show for three to four months, three months on the ranch and then another additional three months before we did finale. But that didn't take care of the years and years and years of neglect and, you know, just not paying attention to my mind and, and getting my mind right. And so with that being said, I think what became the demise of the show and what we used to know it as was it became about the weight loss and not really about the holistic approach and and from what i understand that's what they were that's actually what they were trying to go for um for when they they rebooted it and brought it back this last season was they were really trying to focus on the holistic person it's not just about doing right in the kitchen it's not just about what you do in the gym but it's also about making sure you're working through you know what are your triggers you know what are the things that cause you to even though you you know you're not hungry you go and binge on some kind of food because something triggered it does that make sense and so yeah so those are things yeah so those are things that i think that you know i think um as a person goes into a situation like that it's a matter of helping people cope with the and, and, and to be and to be fair they did offer those things like we had we had access to a nutritionist we had access to um, a psychiatrist, 
we had access to those resources and then those resources became unavailable to us because we weren't utilizing them. And mm -hmm. so, you know, right after the show, you're leaving the show thinking, you know, oh, I did it. You know, yeah, I made it. And you're, you're treated like a little celebrity. And, you know, the, the work is sending you off to different um, um, you're doing different um, events and, um, you know, you're you're standing in and you're, you're making appearances and all this other stuff and you're treated like the celebrity. And so you have that moment. But then once the lights turn out, it's like, oh, man, I, I got to live with this real life moment. And I actually, you know, look around and I, I still have a wife that's looking, you know, looking to make sure I can be the best husband I can be. And I have a, a, a son that's looking to make sure that I'm being the best dad that I can be. And, you know, you have the bills, you have the, the, the trials and tribulations of just life and how do you tackle those? And so, yeah, that's, that's what, that's kind of what went down. How was it like after the show when you were gaining your weight back? So the, the last three years of, I guess the first three years after the show, you, you knew you were, the, the pounds were being packed on and you had that over your head that you were on this show and you should know better or, you know what I'm saying? And that people would be mm -hmm. judging you harder for, for gaining weight, like even more shame. How did that feel? Wow. You know, it's one of those things that you, you always pray that you're not the one that gains the weight back because while you're going through the show, you know of other contestants who did gain their weight back and you're like, well, I'm not going to be that one because you hear how people talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what happened was it kind of was one of those things where you're like, well, I'm just sliding a little bit and a little bit turns into a lot. And then before you know it, you're finding yourself in this downward spiral. And, it, you know, I went through a phase of um, isolation. Uh, you can look at, you know, I'm, a, I'm very active on my social media. And there was a period in my social media where you if you saw any postings, it was never of me. It was always of me taking a picture of something um, more often than not, it was my son. It was something that we may have been doing. Um, it may have been an activity that we were going through. You never really saw pictures of me because, I mean, I'm not going to put that out there because I was just on national television and, you know, I was on this campaign for this book and riding roller coasters. And now I can't even fit those roller coasters anymore. I can't even write the, finish writing a book because I'm ashamed of, you know, where I'm at. So you go through that phase and then finally you come out of it and I like to liken it to grief. Like you go through the stages of grief mm -hmm. and, um, and you go through all those stages. There was a moment where I was angry. Like I was upset with the show. I was upset with, with the people who were connected to the show. Like I was upset with, um, you know, Bob and Jillian and Dalvet because they said that they cared about me. But then when the, when the rubber met the road, they weren't there to help me. And, and that wasn't, you know, that wasn't their responsibility. And then you kind of went through the part where you're feeling pitiful for yourself. And, and then you're frustrated because there were things that you were able to do and you started being able to do them and then you can't. And then I, so I did, I went through that period of, of depression, isolation. And then finally it got to a point where enough, I, I realized that enough was enough. And I think, you know, for me, I have my, my spirituality and I have, my relationship with the Lord. And, and that's really what actually kind of got me going back into realizing, okay, got it. We went through this phase. Now it's time to pick this back up because my reason motivation for doing the show never changed. I want to be around for my, my son and my wife, you know, I want to be around, you know, and, and I'm, I'm unhealthy. And so then what I had to do is I had to start making the decision about, all right, what am I going to do 
to get that and make that happen. So you kind of go through all those those seasons, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, you were you did it very quickly. Um, you were you went down, you know, 135 pounds. You gained that back and an additional 100 on top of that, roughly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So at my heaviest at my heaviest about two years ago, uh, before I started a program that I'm on now, I was well over 500 pounds, and I started the show at 444. Mm. And when I started my program a couple of years ago, I was well over 530. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mike. Okay. That's <laughs> that's a lot. Um, what would be your waist? I always like to match it up with what was your waist size that you were running. Oh God! Um, sixty-eight. Okay, sixty-eight. Okay, well, uh, yeah. So now you're on a, a path. So, uh, which is like the the positive to this story that we're talking about. I mean, it's mm-hmm. great that you were on the show. Mm-hmm. You're working on something completely new, and I and I see it uh, on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. What, does, what does food mean to you now? Food is a fueling. It is. It is a. It is a means to an end. It is. Um, it is designed to do just that. It's designed to fuel my body, give me the nutrients that I need to be able to to be um, productive in life. Um, and so that's kind of how I have to look at food, and I have to literally look at food that way every single day. What dieting? What, what does that mean to you now? Well, everyone di- everyone has a diet. Um, you know, it, dieting is something that we do. Um, with the intent of once we get to where we want to be, we let it go. And so for me, I look at it dieting versus a lifestyle. And that's more of what, that's more, what, more of what I, I am an advocate for. And what I desire to have is a lifestyle, um, that is conducive to, um, healthy decisions is conducive to facing and confronting triggers in productive ways as opposed to non-productive ways. And, and with that, um, I'm not saying that that means that I can't enjoy food, but make food be a treat. You know, it's funny, Tom, because I was thinking about back when I was growing up, my parents every other week, because they got paid um, every other week, because um, they were both state employees, and they, ironic, because I'm a state employee myself, and we got paid every other Wednesday. And... Um, we went and we were able to eat out. We called it eating out and eating out was basically like we had a choice of what we wanted. So, you know, it may be Chinese food or it may be McDonald's or it may be, um, you know, there was a restaurant called King's court that we used to love going to. But what was nice about it was every two weeks, you know, that you were going to eat out and days before you were plotting out, Ooh, what do I want to eat out and have? Because you knew, that it was special, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I longed to get back to was where eating those things were became a treat again. Like even something as simple as a McDonald's cheeseburger, I wanted that to be a treat for me. Like, oh man, that was just so good. Like this was good. Like I'm savoring this. I don't need to have this every day. But every once in a while, there's nothing wrong with having this. You know what I mean? And that to me is more productive than just saying, well, I'm just going to pull all these things out of my diet forever. And I'm just going to eat nuts and berries and drink water. And that's just what I'm going to do. And I'm going to punish myself because after a while, 
what good is it? You know what I mean? Whereas a lifestyle is I'm making these choices. These are choices that I'm making. Um, hey, guess what? If I have a slice of pizza, I had a slice of pizza and it was good. It was bad, whatever. It was the choice that I decided to make. I'm not having a cheat meal. I'm just, I'm making the choice to have this knowing that these are the repercussions or these are the consequences of the decision, the choice that I'm making. And so that's kind of where I've been moving um, with, you know, with the help of, of those who have been helping me, my, my health coaches with really changing up on my mindset. Now, just want to put a disclaimer to people that this isn't a Larry King infomercial, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you are working with someone. I, I don't really know exactly to the extent of what's going on, but you are getting some great results. You have a, a coach with you. So um, just let us know what's working for you. Everyone likes to hear a success story. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it came to a point where, man, it was about, I want to say it was two years ago. I was laying across the TV, watching TV and, um, little Mike was playing with my belly. <laughs> he was fascinated by my belly. And next thing I know, he was kind of tearing up and I said, Mike, what's wrong? He said, he said, um, you're going to leave me. And I said, what do you mean I'm going to leave you? He said, you're going to leave me if you don't take care of your belly. That really kind of shook me a little bit like that. That kind of jacked me up a little bit. And so it was at that point where I was at my lowest point since The Biggest Loser. And um, I was trying to figure out what could I do. And I was even I mean, I was I was actually trying to consider the possibility of um, weight loss surgery. Like I was really thinking about that. And um, I was online and I saw some posts from a person who we had mutual connections, but we weren't like, I didn't really know them, know them, but he and his wife had gone to my, um, we'd gone to the same high school. He was, he was, he and his wife were a little older than me, but um, they had been posting things about a program that they were in. And one thing led to another and they became my health coaches and they've really, been actually there by me, encouraging me in the process of understanding the importance of community, understanding the importance of um, accountability as it pertains to sharing with um, other people about, you know, the good, the good, the bad and the ugly, um, making sure that I'm eating the right, um, have the right nutrition, um, but then also making sure that I'm, um, I'm paying it forward as well and helping other people. And so I, in turn, actually coach other people as well. And what's nice about that is that actually helps me with my accountability because, I mean, if the coach is not being successful, then, <laughs> you know, we got a problem. So it's one of those things where I kind of, in turn, have to do it as well. So that's been that's actually been working with, and it's been awesome. It's really been awesome for me because it's actually um, given me a different view of what exactly it means to have a lifestyle towards health and really building healthy habits um, as it pertains to health. So where are you at with your weight loss at this point? So when I started uh, the program, I was about 530. I um, actually dropped down to, um, I actually have hit, um, let's see, two year period, had some ebbs and flows. And so when I got on the scale today, drum roll, please, yeah. I'm actually at three, I'm at 392. Awesome. That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Any way to get a hold of you and get more information about it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Feel free to reach out to me at Moving with Mike 19. Moving with Mike 19, M O V I N G 
W-I-T-H-M-I-K-E-19 at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to move and we can kind of talk about what, you know, what may be some plans that you may want to kind of see for yourself and, you know, what I could do to help support you in that decision, you know, help support you in that and getting to where you want to get to. And it's not always just about weight loss. You know, some people actually have some other things that they just need a coach to kind of guide them through. And so, yeah, feel free to reach out to me and we can go from there. Now that you've watched the new show, is there any special thoughts that you have about it or you feel that it's more respectable or you just see it's it's the same show or? You know, Tom, to be honest with you, I watched a couple episodes of it. And at the place I'm at in my life, it just, I was more invested in the the contestants Mm -hmm. than I was in that process that they were going on through TV because I've come to realize that um, their journey is actually happening now. It's not, it's not really what we watched on TV. And, um, and so with that, um, I've, I actually have reached out to each and every one of them as an alum who understands what they're going through, what they're going to go through. I totally get how they feel right now. They're kind of, you know, like I said, they're at the celebrity phase. Um, but I'm just here just waiting for when um, they need someone to, you know, to just be there for them, to kind of encourage them uh, as they're living out the next part of their journey. So I didn't really watch all of the season. Um, I really didn't. I really didn't watch much of it. When it's all said and done, what have you learned through this whole process? That that that's exactly what it is. It's a process. It's a series of events that must take place in order for one big event to happen. A process, series of events that must take place for one big event to happen. And human nature, we're always looking for shortcuts. We're looking for tricks. We're looking for um, ways to kind of get over. And at the end of the day, sometimes what happens is there are key steps that we end up skipping over for whatever reason that may be critical steps. You know, it's so funny because um, one of the things I, I, when I'm, when I'm, you know, I'm a corporate trainer. And so one of the things that, you know, I always tell folk about is the importance of putting your understanding the process And you remember back in um, when we were learning higher level math, like algebra, geometry, remember when you were in school and you, in order to get full credit on your test, you had to show all your work. And I had some friends who could just look at an equation and they could figure it out without doing all that. So that was like extra for them. But people like me, I had to show my work anyway, because that was just, if I was going to get any chance of getting it right, (laughs) because I was not a math person. But I asked a math friend of, of mine about that. I said, why, why did y'all always say that? Like, it, it, that must have been like a, a merit badge that, you know, one day I'm going to be a math teacher so I could just say, show your work. And he said, you know, the reason why we do that is because repetition is extremely important. And there are a lot of times where if we don't get in the habit of performing all the steps, when we get the more complex equations, we tend to get the equation wrong because we aren't used to performing all the steps. So forcing a person to show their work forces them to actually walk through the step and allow them, even though there's a step that may seem superficial right now, when you get to more complex equations, it makes a lot more sense and you get more, um, you get, you get a more accurate answer because you're getting in the habit are performing all the steps. And so with me, one of the things that I've had to really do is respect the process and recognize that I didn't gain all the weight in one day. 
Therefore, I'm not going to lose it in one day. There are many gimmicks out there. You know, there are many fads that are out there. One thing that is for sure, it takes a lot of time. And what you saw on Biggest Loser was unrealistic for real life. I mean, you're right. My full-time job was to, to lose weight. I mean, we were we walked 10 miles a day. No, no joke. We really did. And actually, what's funny is most people don't realize this. Most of the weight loss came from walking and eating. People don't realize that they see the workouts. You know, um, I had a doctor who specialized in weight loss. His name is uh, Spencer, um, Dr. Spencer Nadarski. Anyway, one of the things that he was telling me was he said, when you go to the gym, don't go to the gym to work out to lose weight. He said, go to the gym to work out to get stronger. He said the weight loss takes place in the kitchen and also in movement, like walking. And that's so true. Biggest loser, we would get up, we'd walk one to three miles. There was um around the, the, the ranch that we lived in. It was called the Presidential Mile, and it was the road that was around the park that basically the ranch was in. And it all equaled out to be a mile. And so at one lap around was always a mile. And we did at least three of those in the morning. We did, um through the, depending on what was going on during the day, we would do about two, three or four of those through the course of the day. And then at night, after dinner, we would round it out to finish making sure we had a certain amount of steps. And people don't realize that, but that's where actually a lot of the weight loss happened was with walking. And so there's a process that everybody has to go through it and you have to respect the process. So sorry for being long-winded. You, you asked me a question that's uh, pretty, I'm pretty passionate about, so. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Dorsey, for joining me on Something Came From Baltimore. My name is Tom Gowker, and this is a Tom Fun production. Please subscribe and you make comments and forward this episode to your friends. Believe it or not, it's that your participation that keeps this podcast. We're not on Patreon, but we do have tips available on Venmos and Cash App. It's Venmos, Thomas Gowker, G-O-U-K-E-R, and the Cash App, Thomas Gowker, G-O-U-K-E-R. Both are available for tips and we love to receive them. Thank you. Hi, it's Tom Gowker, and I am the host of Something Came From Baltimore. Something Came From Baltimore is a words and music podcast, and it has famous and future famous artists, artists like Sean Jones, Rupert Holmes, Auntie Hammy, Joey DeFrancesco, Go-Go Penguin, Joey Alexander, Bucanti, Gerald Albright, Paula Cole, and Kat Edmondson. It's music that matters. It's music for your ears. Listen and subscribe to Something Came From Baltimore and be a part of that Be More music scene.